Welcome to the Live Well Podcast, brought to you by North Texas Healthy Communities and Blue Zones Project, helping you live longer, better, and happier. Now, coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas, the largest certified Blue Zones community in the country, your host, Ricky Gotham. Hey, everybody. Welcome to your Live Well podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Cotto, and we are here with North Texas Healthy Communities and partner with Blue Zones Project Fort Worth. And in this series, we talk about people in our community who are living the Blue Zones Power Nine. These are the nine principles for longevity practiced by those who live the longest in the original Blue Zones areas of the world. And if you're interested in learning more about Blue Zones Project and how to improve your well-being with the Power Nine, visit LiveLongFortWorth.com, and we would love to work with you and partner with you in the Fort Worth area. And also, you know, Fort Worth is the largest, most diverse Blue Zone designated city in the United States. I would even say the world. So we would love to connect with you. So today we have a fun and special guest with us. I consider her a great friend of mine. Her name is Cheryl Mart. So Cheryl, welcome. Thank you, Ricky. Um, thank you for inviting me. What an honor it is to come and talk a little bit about Blue Zones and, uh, and what it's meant to me in my practice as a nurse. Oh, this is great. So Cheryl, for, for people that don't know who you are, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I currently work as a Faith Community Nurse Coordinator for Texas Health Resources in Fort Worth. Um, but I grew up in New Jersey, um, kind of a humble upbringing. Mm -hmm. I'm the only child of a single working mom. And I've worked in healthcare my entire life. And um, I've advanced my career. I started out as a medical receptionist became a medical assistant in 1995, I became a, a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could say I'm just a natural caregiver. Honestly, um, I can't remember a time when I didn't want to be a nurse. And my husband's Rob's job brought us to Texas. And I joined Texas Health Resources in 2014. And um, my current nursing role is helping people uh, with health promotion and outreach and health ministry. And it's very fulfilling. And I, I really love what I do. Wonderful. So I do got to ask, because um, I know there's a lot of folks that are kind of transplants in the United States. And, and so what was, uh, you know, one of the things that you first noticed moving from New Jersey to Fort Worth, Texas? Wow, that's a that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, it, it was, um, you know, when I first moved to Texas, I was just taken back by how friendly everyone yes. was. Um, so I think in the Northeast, there's a little bit of a more accepted social distance in the community. Mm -hmm. And I was quite honestly a little suspicious. It was like, wow, everybody's so friendly yeah, here. What's going what's on? Going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, but I quickly learned to love it. And um, I love I love living in Texas and wouldn't live anyplace else. Yeah, I agree. I know moving from South Florida to Texas, um, that was one of the first things I, I noticed too. I was like, man, everyone is just nice and it's slower. No one's trying to run you over. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. So Texas is home for myself. I love asking uh, folks that have not that are not from Fort Worth, Texas. You know what? What are those differences you see? Yeah. Um, so how did you get involved with Blue Zones Project? Well, um, well, basically, I think it was you, Ricky, and okay. uh, and so um, in 2015. 
um, Texas Health Resources started on uh, the journey for uh, with Fort Worth to become a Blue Zone approved uh, community. And we were fortunate enough to cross paths in my role um, with the faith communities in, in Fort Worth. And, um, and we just learned a little bit more about Blue Zones from, from you and your work that you've done with Blue Zone uh, Project. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. I do remember reading in National Geographic mm -hmm. several years prior um, about Dan Butner's work. And I can remember thinking how fascinating it was that such simple life-changing principles could really uh, fit into people's lives and, and help them with a vision of, um, of making the, your health and wellness part of your community and part of your, um, just part of your makeup. Mm -hmm. So I'm proud to be part of the Fort Worth Journey to the Blue Zones uh, project and, um, and my work with faith-based organizations in that project. Yeah, and I know um, I know we've been we've been so lucky to have you um, in our faith-based community uh, committee, because <laughs> I know uh, you know when when Fort Worth started its journey to become a designated blue zone city, you know the work with faith-based organizations was kind of something new. It was something um, fresh. It was something that that a lot of communities haven't done before, and and you've really helped us steer that work and um i think that's why we were so successful in it and um so what was it what was the one thing that gravitated you toward blue zones project you know what was it that you said you know this is something that i really think i should be involved in um quite honestly i think it was the incorporation of the holistic whole person mm -hmm. health and how incorporating holistic practices can really make a profound impact on living longer and healthier lives. You know, in our culture now, we talk about healthy habits mm -hmm. a lot, but our society really isn't doing such a good job, you know? Right. And in my years of being a nurse, I've seen people with conditions like type two diabetes and heart disease and obesity. And, you know, those conditions are at an all time high and they're directly related to bad eating mm -hmm. and inactivity. And they're really preventable diseases in most cases. And sometimes even when you have those conditions, they can be reversed right. um, if you make some healthy lifestyle changes. It's about, it's about making good choices. And I just love how Blue Zones incorporated um, more of a holistic focus mm -hmm. on on helping people make better choices about their life and how they take care of themselves. Yeah, and I love how you mentioned holistic approach. Um, I, I know whenever we talk about Blue Zones Project out in the community, you know, one of the first things that people mention are, you know, you're just trying to get everyone to get on an exercise program. You want everybody to do CrossFit. You, you want everybody to just be on a diet. and. You know, something that Blue Zone stresses is that the people that live the longest in the, in the world, no one's running marathons, no one has gym memberships, no one's on a diet. They're just making those healthy choices and they're living in environments that help them to make those choices every single day. So, you know, we've talked about the Power Nine principles. You know, these are the nine things that people that are living the longest in the world are doing. So I do want to ask you, what is your favorite power nine principle which one can you really relate to the most here 
Well, um, quite honestly, that's kind of a hard question. Mm -hmm. um, and when you know, I when I think about them, I think they're all really important. But you know, I, I had to think about um, what motivates me to do all the other right. pro, uh, principles, the Power Nine principles, and I, I'd have to say it was purpose, um, because um, having a sense of purpose is what helps me stay motivated mm -hmm. to live my life well. And that helps me to make better choices about my life. If my purpose is to stay healthy and if my purpose is to make an impact in the community or to live longer, then that helps me to incorporate the, the right living mm -hmm. Um, power, other power nine principles right. um, and it's also not just about purpose for my life but it's about helping others find their purpose too and I think that blends really well with nursing as people struggle with health care concerns yeah. and, and challenges helping them to find their purpose and meaning in the midst of those challenges is really important so yeah it's it's having a sense of purpose that that really motivates me and what I really find really important in my in my walk. Yeah, and I love that you said that because I think a lot of people see uh, nurses as, you know, not just healthcare providers, like we'll help you feel better and then send you on your way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nursing, there's so much more to that. Nurses do so much more for people than I think that nice. And, um, you know, in, in today's climate and in kind of what everyone's dealing with um, in today's world, you know, is it, it would it be safe to say that implementing these power nine principles in our lives are just as important today as they were, you know, three or four years ago? Oh, absolutely. I think even more so, yeah. you know, with the challenges that we're facing, the healthcare challenges we're facing in the nation, in the world with with um, the pandemic right now yeah. and all the challenges that are related to that. I think that um, it's really important that we give people some tools to help them navigate those challenges. And, and those tools should be things that they can do themselves and eating well and moving, moving and, and finding community and purpose are really important ways of helping people navigate those challenges. No, that's great. I know, um, I guess as, as uh, somebody in your profession, you know, one of the questions that we we get a lot of, especially when we talk about holistic health, is um, sometimes we miss the science behind our health. So how how does the body fight illnesses? You know, I know our parents, when we grow up, you know, parents always tell their kids, eat your fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. you know, make sure you have vitamins and, and, and all these things. But how does the body actually fight illnesses? Well, that's a really interesting question. And I think that we're learning more about um, how to keep ourselves healthy. Um, every it's just amazing how much we're learning even mm -hmm. in the midst of the the challenges with the pandemic and fighting disease but you know our bodies are really pretty masterful yeah. at fighting disease um, we have a collection of billions of cells traveling through our body their immune fighting um, properties mm -hmm. that help us help us fight our uh, these intruders and the immune system response is to help us help our bodies recognize foreign germs or bacteria or viruses and then to kill them and to keep us healthy and to keep us free from illness it's really 
a complex and really miraculous process. Um, but when our immune system is weakened um, by disease or injury or stress, mm -hmm. our bodies lose that natural disease-fighting process, and we have trouble fighting off illness. So um, I think people know that if you're exposed to an illness or you're exposed to a, an injury, that we're giving our body a job to heal and, and to get mm -hmm. well. But I think what a lot of people don't or miss, and this, this goes into that holistic health component, mm -hmm. is that stress can really weaken our immune system and it makes us more susceptible to infections. And chronic stress can really significantly weaken our immune system. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up stress because um, especially in the times that we're living now, I feel like stress has it has multiplied in, in many of our lives. Uh, you know, our, everything just feels and seems so stressful. So what are some other elements, um, you know, like stress that impact our our physical health that most people don't really think about? Well, um, I think that um, stress, when you're under stress, it, it causes some, uh, it's like a chain reaction that happens. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you can start maybe eating poorly, um, mm -hmm. or it may interfere with your stress, or if you, um, with your sleep, excuse mm -hmm. me, or you may become um, less active. Um, and that mental stress can just um, play havoc with your immune system. The other thing that happens that I think people aren't aware of is that stress, some stress is good for our bodies, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and when we are under stress, our bodies secrete a, a hormone called cortisol. And that hormone gives us that energy that we need to respond to a dangerous situation, whether it be um, avoiding that accident or uh, getting out of the way from a, something that's getting ready to fall on you. It's that, that immediate response to that, um, that situation that causes our bodies to respond. But if we are under constant stress, yeah. constantly secreting that cortisol into our bodies, our bodies are always on high alert and it causes issues like blood pressure issues and mm. and it, it weakens our immune system. It makes it harder for our bodies to fight infections. So, you know, one of the symptoms of chronic stress could be, you know, constantly feeling tired or not being able to focus or being irritable or angry or having sleep problems or, yeah. or just not wanting to get involved or having no, no motivation. So it, it's really important for us to recognize that stress is a major impactor in our health and wellness. No, that, that's great. And, and I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because I know with Blue Zones Project, we've worked in communities where, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand uh, the amount of stress that certain families go through. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, we had really uh, Willie Rankin. Uh, he was the director of LVT Rise and some of the topics that he talked about or some things that he brought up was, you know, with people that are uh, impoverished or people with poverty. And he said one of the misconceptions is that, you know, if, if you're poor, that means that you're lazy. Mm -hmm. And he said that's not necessarily mm -hmm. true. He's like, you know, imagine a mom, you know, working full time, but only, you know, making 10 to $12 an hour with three kids. And, um, 
you know, it just becomes difficult. And, and you're always thinking about how do I get the next meal? How do I feed my kids? How, how do I make sure my rent's paid? And all of those, those factors can contribute to stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, those, those types of factors, you know, that's an invisible factor. You know, we, we can't see that. And so when you go to the doctor, there's not a, you can't take a temperature for your stress. Right. You know, um, we can't, we can't have a, a stress meter, mm -hmm. but we can be intentionally focused on what's causing stress in our lives, mm -hmm. become aware. I think awareness is really important on how stress impacts our, our health and well-being and, and just, just our, our whole life structure, you know. So it's really important for us to, 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 to be aware that, um, that, that we just need to take care of ourselves and yeah. self-care. And, and that's, that's, you know, I like to think of self-care as the deliberate, and that's the important word, the deliberate planning of time to perform activities for your well-being and good health. So so when I say deliberate, Ricky, what, what do you think of when I say deliberate? You know, I think it's being intentional right. with your your time and your schedule and 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 blocking time out and saying, hey, I'm this is for me and no one's going to uh, you know get into that that space that I have blocked out. But it's a great point. You know, we, we're not deliberate um, most of the time. You know, we our calendars are full. You know, there's always something going on. And, you know, we don't think of ourselves. You know, we just keep going. Well, and, and there's an old saying that um, even a tow truck breaks down. Yeah. Well, that's so good. if you're the tow truck carrying around people, um, if you're not taking care of yourself and changing those tires and filling up the gas tank, you're going to be broken down right That's at the right. side of the road with everybody else. You know? <laughs> right. So uh, don't be, you know, if, you, if you're carrying the load, if you're the tow truck in the family, um, you, you got to take some time. Yes. You have to be deliberate and, and doing some self-care activities because that's really what's required for us to be functional and to be at our best, you know. Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because um, that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a correlation between taking time for yourself and laziness mm -hmm. or you're, you know, you're wasting time. And it's not true. It's it's no, I'm, I'm I'm working on myself so I could keep going and be more productive and more successful. And, you know, as a as a medical professional who works out in the community, I know you work a lot with faith based organizations. Uh, you do a lot of health clinics. You know, what are some things um, or trends that you see that concern you a little bit out in the community? Well, um, of course, I think the big the big comment that we're talking about right now is COVID. But right. I think that that is just um, it's highlighting a lot of issues that mm -hmm. have been um, a problem in our community for a while. I think accessing health care is a huge challenge for many people. Yeah. Uh, the healthcare system, you know, we, we need to um, help people to recognize when they need to go to the doctor mm -hmm. um, and help, help them find ways of accessing care. Um, the other thing that I'm hearing a lot about are um, mental health issues yeah. um, and social isolation. You know, right now we are all kind of uh, isolating um, for a good reason. Um, but um, those those 
being socially isolated can um, cause depression and mental health issues and helping people navigate those um, getting resources for mental health issues and and also helping them um, help each other in this, mm -hmm. this time of, of isolation. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I'm glad you brought up the whole uh, healthcare, you know, system, because I know, especially as Hispanics, and, and I'm speaking for myself, um, in our community, you know, a lot of Hispanic men do do not like going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I eat my dad. <laughs> and, um, you know, even myself, sometimes I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll miss some appointments and I'll just kind of shrug it off and be like, I'm fine. You know, like, yeah. why, why do I need to go? Or, you know, maybe sometimes people see it as a form of weakness. Right. You know, like, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to be the provider for my family. I don't want to go to somebody I don't know that's going to tell me what's wrong with me and that's going to stop me from doing A, B, C, and D. How do you think we reverse that way of thinking? How do you think we, we could kind of put a more of a positive spin on you should really go see your healthcare provider, a doctor, you know, wherever you go to instead of, uh, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't want to go. I'm scared. Right. You know. Well, there you go. I love that. I'm scared. I think that yeah. that's that's a real key to people mm -hmm. in accessing healthcare, it's scary yeah. to go in to a doctor um, or a new healthcare provider. Um, you know, you don't know if you can trust them. Mm -hmm. You feel uh, it's very vulnerable. Yeah. So I think that part of my job is to educate people mm -hmm. um, and to give them um, some, empower them. Um, and I think that my role as a faith community nurse coordinator and working with volunteer nurses in the community, helping them to, um, to help people um, find ways of empowering them to take control of their health mm -hmm. and then seeing their healthcare providers, partners in their health. So if we empower people to feel that this is really, you know, there's no magic pill to be healthy. Right. We, we know that. Um, we all have to be invested in our health and we have to look at our healthcare providers as partners in our health walk so that we can all really live the best lives we can live. So. It's just about education. Mm -hmm. um, it's about um, helping people access resources. It's about building trust. Um, yeah. You know, in in some of um, some communities, it, it's really hard for them to trust the healthcare providers. So, mm -hmm. I think that building trust is another real important thing that we need to as healthcare systems um, as we work in the community. You're tuned in to the Live Well podcast, brought to you by North Texas Healthy Communities and Blue Zones Project. Keep listening for more well-being tips from our special guest. And for more information about Blue Zones Project and the Power Nine in our community, visit livelongfortworth.com. Yeah, and, you know, we talked a little bit about trust. And um, I just, you know, just something that kind of came up. You know, we always talk about earning trust in the community. How is, how is trust eliminated? Like, how do healthcare providers lose trust um, when they're trying to help folks? I think um, I think part of the issue with you know you know I, I once heard that building trust is like 
uh, blowing up a balloon. Okay, yeah. so when you first meet somebody, like blowing up a balloon, you start small. That mm -hmm. balloon starts small, and you keep blowing into the balloon. And if you think about that balloon as every time you're in contact with a healthcare professional or healthcare organization, and you blow into it, and that trust gets bigger and bigger and bigger until finally you are trusting of that organization mm. or that physician or that nurse practitioner or whoever. But it only takes one thing yeah. to break that trust. Yeah. And you go right back down to, to zero again. And so um, I think fractured trust in the community is, is hard for people. Um, mm. And I think that's a challenge for health organizations. And I, I'm proud that Texas Health Resources is working in the community and, right. and is invested in community and in blue zones and helping people see that that um, the healthcare organizations are there to help them and, and hopefully build that trust so that when you are in crisis, you know where to go to and you feel comfortable with your healthcare provider. Yeah, and that's one of the things I, I, I love about Texas Health is that, you know, Texas Health goes out into the community Absolutely. instead of kind of this attractional model of healthcare where, hey, just come see us whenever you need. Um, it, it's almost like we're, we're three steps ahead saying, no, we're going to go to you mm -hmm. and we're going to make sure that you have the tools and resources that you need to make, uh, you know, good choices and decisions. And like you said, and, it's, and, and it really does build that trust in the community. And you guys it, do a great job with that. In um, the Texas Health uh, mission is caring for the people in the communities that we serve. Um, so I love that um, that our mission is outside of the walls, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's an important part of, of why why I'm here at, with Texas Health Resources and why Blue Zones is an important part of, of the outreach that we do through through our health through the health care in the community. Yeah, and I know um, you spoke a little bit about access. You know, so with folks in communities with that have limited access, you know, what are some things that people can do to improve their health? Well, I think that it all comes to an awareness of resources. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put in a plug for Faith Community Nursing and Health Promoters yeah. here is that, you know, um, I partner with uh, registered nurses and other health care professionals, health promoters, which could be um, a physician or a respiratory therapist or a pharmacist mm -hmm. in faith communities. And these are folks who are um, who have an awareness of how the healthcare system works. And so if you can help, um, if we can help people connect to either a faith community nurse mm -hmm. or a health promoter that can help them navigate accessing resources because there are resources available, it's just overwhelming for people to try to figure out where to go or how to how to gain access to them, you know. So um, the public health department is a great place, mm -hmm. um, but that's also a really big, scary place for people. And, and um, I know in my own faith community, you know, people will ask me questions all the time. Hey, I have this, where should I go, you know, or my sister has this issue. And if I don't know the answer, I know where I can go to find them, the right. answer to that. And so, um, so finding those advocates, those resource people in the community can be crucial for people who are having access issues for healthcare. And, you know, working out in the community, 
something I hear a lot is, and, and maybe you might hear this too, is, you know, oh, it's just, you know, doctors or the hospital, they just want our money. Mm. So they're just going to tell me to come back. You know, they get kickbacks from, you know, pharmaceutical companies. So there's a lot of skepticism out in the community when it comes to healthcare, when it comes to healthcare providers. So, so why is it, why is the goal to keep people out of the hospital? Well, I think that uh, what we're seeing right now is that there's always going to be a need for um, for healthcare in the hospital. Yeah. You know, uh, people are always going to be having babies. Right. People are, you know, as well as we can take care of people, they're going to need surgeries. They're going to need um, have heart conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, disease processes that are unrelated to, um, you know whatever condition that they're having that will Mm -hmm. require hospitalizations. Um, Our goal is to help people to uh, stay as well as they can, to give them the tools to stay as healthy as they can as for as long as they can. And I think um, I've been in healthcare a long time and um, I think that healthcare gets a bad rap. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that 99.9% 99.9% of physicians and healthcare providers really want the best interest of the, the patient or the people that they're caring for. Um, and so, yeah, it's our goal is caring for the people in the communities we serve, and that includes keeping them out of the hospital until they really need to access that care. No, I think that's awesome. And, you know, what, what we keep hearing, especially during the time of COVID, is you know, we do not want our hospitals overrun. Right. We don't want our hospitals overrun. Um, and I think you've answered that saying, you know, there's people that need that have needs. They, 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 ha- they need surgeries. And if our hospitals overrun, then they're not going to be able to receive that care. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why um, from a um, cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. that's why we all have to be really careful. And and um, in this time, yeah. um, you know, doing those those um, important tasks of wearing your face mask, social distancing, mm-hmm. washing your hands, uh, staying out of crowds will will go a long way in keeping you out of the hospital so that the healthcare providers that are there can take care of the people that really do need to be there um, for whatever reason, you know, so. Yeah. Now, now, something I've never heard of until I started uh, working with you at Texas Health Resources is this whole faith community nursing program. You know, um, I, I was like, what? Like, what is that? You know, mm. and I, I just think it's so neat that you guys partner with the local church and local faith-based organizations. And it's that whole mindset of, you know, we're going to go out into the community. We're going to go where people are. So for, for folks like myself that have never heard of faith community nursing, um, can you explain it quickly? Just like, what is it? You know, how does it work? Uh, the purpose behind that? Oh, sure. So um, it's a fairly new specialty of nursing, and it is a specialized field of nursing recognized by the American Nursing Association. Mm-hmm. And it focuses on the intentional care of the spirit as well as health promotion and education that's provided in the faith community. So a faith community nurse is a registered nurse, usually an unpaid um, member of the church, who volunteers as a trusted member of that faith community to help with um, creating 
education, advocating for people, Mm -hmm. helping people access resources, along with providing spiritual care in the context of that faith-based organization. So faith community nurses know how their community worships, they know their faith practices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting back to holistic health, you know, that spirit part of our health, that body, mind, and spirit, is an important component if, of giving people hope and giving people what they need in order to navigate the challenges of their health care conditions. So a face community nurse is someone, a nurse, who can come alongside of you and mm-hmm. your family and help you navigate those complexities of health care. Yeah, and I know um, with Blue Zones Project, we've worked with some faith community nurses. And, and what I love about faith community nurses is that they align with the pastoral leadership Absolutely. of the faith-based organization. So it's not just somebody going in there trying to, you know, cause havoc or change committees. They, they come in and they meet with the pastor. They talk about the needs of the people. And they provide a service um, to really help the congregation. And I know we, we've just had a great time partnering with Faith Community Nurses and Blue Zones Project. We've seen a lot of great things come out of it. Uh, so if you are a faith-based organization and you're listening to this, and, and we're going to give you some information at the end on how you could connect with Faith, faith Community Nursing and get involved. Um, but before we get there, I have a couple more items I, I want to tap into you because uh, this is this is really good. Um, so, you know, how have you seen this partnership between faith community nursing and churches? How have how have you personally seen the impact on the health of the community? Well, um, I think we've kind of mentioned a little bit mm-hmm. about helping people access care and navigation. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, mental health issues and, and social isolation, uh, those are really challenging things for families to navigate on their own. You know, and research shows that when people are having either b- behavioral health, mental health, or, um, or you, know, uh, I, you know, issues with mm-hmm. their behavioral health, uh, the first place they usually go is to their faith community, right. either their priest or their rabbi or their pastor, um, and they go. And, and so I think what um, what's wonderful, as you've mentioned, about the aligning of faith community nursing with the pastoral staff is that, you know, pastors, they don't have the ability to understand how to help people navigate the healthcare system. But if they can come alongside of a faith community nurse or a health promoter and say, you know, we need somebody who needs this mm-hmm. care, um, then you have that advocate, then you have that resource person, then you have that um, that person that can help people navigate those healthcare challenges. And that's that's like the sweet spot of being able to provide spiritual care, right. meeting people where their greatest needs are and helping them through that challenge. No, this is great. And, you know, um, I know we, we talked a little bit about stress. I just kind of want to move more into this, uh, this topic because I feel, I feel like stress has, especially with COVID and, and all of the modifications that we've had to make in our normal lives, you know, stress um, 
has has really impacted people. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, how it impacts our sleep, and I feel like people are more tired. Um, anxiety is is a lot higher. People are more worried, and um, you know, people are not getting the sleep and the rest that our bodies uh, require. So, so what are some small things that can improve our mental well-being? You know, what, what are some things that we can do to help that sleep, that rest, the de-stress or, um, you know, disconnect? What are some things that we can do? Well, um, that's a great question. Um, and personally, um, I think that we are in an age of information overload. Yeah. Um, and I would just suggest as a, um, as a first step is just unplugging from that constant newsfeed, yeah. you know, um, so perhaps instead of having the TV news channel on as the background of your life, mm. which is just filling your head with a lot of negative, negative news, um, watch the news you know, once or twice a day, maybe in the morning and then turn it off and then watch it again at night. Um, perhaps just checking your social media once or twice a day. Right. You know, really disengage from that constant source of stress. Um, you know, it's, it's a constant barrage of bad news and it just creates stress and anxiety. You know, maybe silence your phone so you're not constantly interacting with your email or your text messaging and checking it every hour or two instead of having instead of feeling like you're you're constantly on that that social media platform. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, get outside, yeah. go into nature, go for a walk in the park. If possible, connect with somebody, um, you know, even virtually right now, laugh with some Body. You know, laughter is a great endorphin release and, and um, watch a funny movie, share with someone or or the, my favorite is just be in service to someone. You yeah. know, research shows that if you volunteer, if you give back, it's it's healing for That's our right. own soul if we're helping others. So, um, you know, nothing big, nothing major, just um, find time to um, to just rest and and um, take care of yourself and maybe just disengage from the constant negative news feed that's part of our culture right now yeah and i love that because those are some small things i mean they don't cost you anything right it, it's it's pretty easy um and you know something i started doing because i know especially in my generation phones are just a part of our lives right and you know, I read something like the average person checks their social media, I think, once every minute or some once every three minutes. I, I think it's less than that. Um, and I know something I started doing was I started charging my phone in the kitchen, you know, and we just do not have cell phones in our, our rooms anymore. And um, the pushback I get from my friends are like, well, I use my phone as an alarm clock, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, well, there's these things called alarm clocks. <laughs> yeah. I love you know, that. There's, you know, they sell them at the dollar store. <laughs> they cost a dollar. You know, it's it's yeah. cheap and easy. And um, but that's something that at least my wife and I we've instituted. We're like, no, because you hear that ding or that 
that vibrate and you automatically need to see what's happening. It's putting us on it's constant nuts. alert, you yeah. know. I actually even read a research article that said even just seeing your phone, mm -hmm. even, you know, how like, and I started doing this in my own practice is when I'm working, I don't have my phone in front of me on my desk. Yeah. I just put it to the side so it's not in my line of vision because mm. just seeing your phone makes you want to check it, That's causes true. that increase in, in, in stress, like, ooh, I need to get that. Mm -hmm. And then just turning off that alarm. You know, I check it a few times. Nothing is... If, if people want me, they can call me. And yeah. there's nothing, there's no email that's a 911 email in that's my so life true. right now. Yeah. So uh, so it's just, Good point. it's just, you know, giving yourself permission to disengage from that. Yes. Yeah, so taking care of yourself is important. De-stressing, getting some sleep in your absolutely, life. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love what you said about volunteerism. You know, that's something that we can't, you know, research shows it. We, we always hear about it in our purpose workshops that when you use your gifts and talents, when you give those away, you truly find purpose in right, life. Right. And I think that's something a lot of people don't really think about. You know, they, they, they kind of ignore that aspect of holistic health and well-being and taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, get out there and serve people and volunteer. It, it'll help you. Um, so last couple of questions. So Cheryl, what gives you hope? Wow, there's a million dollar question yeah. right there. A challenging question um, in light of all that's going on in our culture. Um, you know, I, I thought about that and, and I actually looked it up. And so, you know, hope means a strong and confident expectation. I love that, a confident expectation. So uh, I had to think about what am I, what's my confidence in, in my expectation? Mm -hmm. What gives me hope? Um, and as a woman of faith, I think my faith gives me hope. Right. Um, and then I do have this incredibly strong trust in, in my fellow human beings. And I think that, you know, we are all here walking this planet, mm -hmm. um, facing challenges, and I think that I do have hope for tomorrow um, and that it's going to be okay in the future. Right. Um, I believe in my soul that life is good, mm -hmm. you know, and that they're not to say that there are not challenges that we navigate through, but um, in the midst of trouble, I think that... Um, the hope is that there is tomorrow. So a wise person once said, if there's hope in the future, there is power in the present. So, I mean, and that's so true, because if we don't have hope, then we're not going to be living fully now. So, um, so I would just say, you know, it, 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 you know, the old saying, if it's not okay, right now it will be in the end you yeah. know we just need to we need to get through it and we'll get through this together and that gives me a profound sense of hope well that's great and i know meeting people like you give me hope oh thanks so Ricky. it's it's always a joy and it's always a pleasure to hang out and talk and um continue to to work together and and continue to take care of the folks in fort worth and uh in north texas and uh, last thing, can you tell people that are interested in the Faith Community Nursing Program, how do they 
contact you or um, like, you know, where do they go to get more information for that? Um, well, uh, we have a web, um, an email address and it's faithcommunitynursing at texashealthresources.org. Um, and that's, um, I don't know if you can post that someplace, yeah. Ricky, you know, and, and if you have any questions um, about Faith Community Nursing, I'll be glad to visit with you. Um, we can um, email back and forth. We can phone call. We, um, we can do socially distanced meetings in a park or, or something. I'm happy to, to help you. I did want to also let you know that um, my role at Texas Health Resources with Faith Community Nursing is in the Fort Worth area. But we have Faith Community Nursing coordinators mm -hmm. at all, all over all uh, Texas Health Resources uh, hospital systems. And um, we can connect you with uh, the woman in Dallas who does this, in Arlington, in Denton, in Cleburne, Stephenville, Azel, Kaufman, any place that you may be hearing this. If you're interested in Faith Community Nursing, we'd love to partner with you and hear how we can help you promote health and wellness in the community. Perfect. So that being said, we'll make sure that we post that information under our comment section. And uh, once again, Cheryl, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This was great. Thank you, Ricky. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. You've been listening to the Live Well Podcast, brought to you by North Texas Healthy Communities and Blue Zones Project. Well-being initiatives in Fort Worth supported by Texas Health Resources. Join us again in the future and find more information and podcasts for living well at livelongfortworth.com.